Hello and welcome to Let's Talk MedTech, the premier podcast for the medical device and diagnostic industry. I'm your host, Omar Ford, Editor-in-Chief of MDDI, an online publication owned by Informa. It's all about remote patient monitoring for this episode of Let's Talk MedTech. And to discuss that with us is Dr. Jim Malt, the CEO of BioIntelligence. He's going to provide us with a unique insight and look on the future of healthcare and remote patient monitoring. So it's going to be an awesome conversation and I can't wait for you to hear it. So without further ado, let's talk MedTech with BioIntelligence CEO, Dr. Jim Malt. Well, welcome to Let's Talk MedTech. Glad to have you on the program. Thanks, Omar. It's a pleasure. Dr. Maul, I want to talk about BioIntelligence, but before we even get into discussing the company, uh, let's talk a little bit about remote patient monitoring. Uh, We're hearing so much about it now. Is it a fad? Is it something that will go away after pandemic concerns subside? Or is remote patient monitoring here to stay? Oh, I think it's uh, most definitely the the latter. It's, uh, you know, it's really uh, time to to even drop that uh, that prefix, it's just patient monitoring, and the reality is, for for hundreds, thousands of years, the way we take care of patients is to make an assessment, collect a set of data, and then based on that that information, that data, we we make a diagnostic interpretation, and then the treatment decision or treatment recommendation. So healthcare is really predicated on 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 critical data. Uh, so the question is sh- should that data only be collected in the confines of a hospital or in the confines of of a doctor's clinic or should we be able to collect that data uh, anywhere uh, where it's appropriate and needed to take care of a patient, and so, so what you're what you're seeing is the technology and and the connectivity uh, allowing us to be able to to now capture important data f- about patients and from patients in the hospital and outside of the hospital in a in a completely new level of simplicity and in a new, frankly, price point that we've never even imagined uh, 10 years ago. Oh, wow. Interesting. Interesting. I want to talk a little bit about biointelligence for a moment. Can you tell me a little bit about the company and how does it play into remote patient, mon- I'm sorry, patient monitoring? And could you <laughs> briefly talk about some of the technology? Well, thanks. Uh, yeah, so biointelligence is really the culmination of this uh, evolution in technology and wearables and simplicity. So, uh, you know, but it's also uh, just as important. We'll talk about the data science and and the algorithmic analysis of this data. So, to start with, on on the device side, with with the inception of the the wearable industry uh, about 10 years ago, we all learned that we can collect a lot of data from the human body uh, without 
an active burden of measurement. So what we call passive monitoring. So wearables to, you know, it was kind of an epiphany, epiphany to the world that we could collect all this data. At that time, it was how many steps were we walking? And then eventually they were able to add a heart rate measurement to that. So we started realizing we can collect a lot of data without having uh, the labor expense and the and the effort of someone to make that measurement on on a human body. Now, as we start talking about the the medical arena, you know those wearables were built and are suited for fitness and exercise. But in the medical arena, now it gets a little more uh, intense as it relates to accuracy and reliability and and cost and and kind of the medical grade aspect of this. That's when you get into the FDA conversation. Yeah. So BioIntelligence is really uh, the first prominent uh, wearable that is medical grade. That's also what we call multi-parameter. So it's measuring a boatload of physiologic and symptomatic and biometric uh, parameters uh, and doing that all on a simple coin-sized wearable and has a battery life of up to 30 days continuously. So it's the simplicity, the cost point, the fact that it's collecting all this data and that it's a, a medical grade uh, FDA device. Now BioIntelligence takes it from there and beyond by combining the ability to have cloud-based algorithms watching that data because now we're moving from intermittent monitoring you know, in the hospital, even in the hospital, we could only afford to have a nurse walk around room to room every six hours to take one set of vital signs. Now we can't even afford that, frankly, and we'll talk about that. But BioIntelligence is now making it possible to collect those vital signs continuously, every minute, every hour throughout the day without the active labor uh, and effort of, of a healthcare professional. And that extends from the hospital right into the home setting where we've never had access to that kind of data even intermittently, uh, let alone continuously. So BioIntelligence is really uh, enabling this new continuous patient monitoring capability both in the hospital setting and outside of the hospital with algorithms that can watch that data and then identify what we call exception management, showing you who needs attention versus who doesn't uh, based on, on uh, a, a multitude of statistical analytics. And that's when this becomes very scalable. It's when it, it really changes the game and being able to deliver better care to more people uh, at a fraction of the cost. Wow, wow. I, I, one of the things I wanted to, to talk about is, you know, we're collecting this data all the time now. And is that overwhelming for, for physicians or have we entered the phase now 
where we're used to collecting all this data. This is becoming more of the norm because I remember there were there were conversations a few years back um, in med tech when we were talking about, well, we don't want to have data fatigue. We don't want to overwhelm um, our, our physicians and our clinicians with gathering all this data. No, you're exactly right. And and uh, I think that's that's the new epiphany that that's yeah. starting to occur which is, I mean, when you think about it, 50 years ago, you know, the planes that are flying overhead had 900 gauges and dials in the cockpit, and they had three pilots trying to watch all these different gauges and dials uh, to keep that plane from crashing. And sadly, the planes were still crashing and falling out of the air all the time. Mm-hmm. And what happened in the late 90s, we started putting more and more sensors on these planes. The problem is you already had too much data for those pilots to keep track of. So what the real breakthrough of the 90s was this concept of the autopilot system. And with the autopilot system, now you had computers watching all the data on behalf of the pilots. And then the number of gauges and dials in the cockpit actually went down dramatically. And you had the autopilot system basically watching all that data constantly on behalf of those pilots. And when there was something important for the pilot to know, then the autopilot would reduce it down to a simple pull up, pull up. (laughs) Um, and, And so that's what we're about to enter into here in patient monitoring. It, you know, for a hundred years, we've been spending a huge amount of labor cost. In fact, you know, hospital healthcare in general, 70% of healthcare expenditures in our healthcare system, 70% are labor expense. And so we've been throwing a lot of labor cost to have human bodies watching individual data sets. And that's about to change. Now we have even more data sets, better data sets, continuous data sets. And there's no way we can spend more money on more labor to watch the individual data. And it, it, it's really nonsensical when you think about it. So the overused expression is AI, artificial intelligence. It's really not artificial intelligence. It's just math. And it's it's applying computers that can watch this data using mathematical algorithms and do that in a way that it becomes a, a tool uh, that enhances the ability for clinicians to be able to have earlier insight about a patient deterioration and be able to bring that to their attention. And that's what you want the healthcare professional to do. This this is not an either or proposition. It's all about making every healthcare professional look like a genius and telling them, hey, this person over here needs attention before it becomes a, a crash cart and a fire drill and an emergency room or a trip to the intensive care unit. So this is all about becoming smarter. We want a smarter you know, healthcare system, you know, just like, again, another beautiful analogy is, is driving a car. I mean, 20 years ago, you know, the only thing you could rely on was the the driver behind the wheel and this minuscule uh, amount of information they were able to take 
into account before they slammed on the brakes and, you know, crashed into the car in front of them. But now we have all these sensors on cars and these cars are smart cars because not only do they have the sensors, they have computers that are watching all the data from those sensors and making calculations that anticipate you might be crashing into that car in front of you and applying the brake before a human could actually figure it out and have the response time to prevent that crash. So we have smart planes, we have smart cars, and what we're about to do with biointelligence is enable smart patient monitoring. And that brings me into you know my next question. Um, biointelligence seems to be at the intersection of telehealth wearables and some would argue, you know, AI or machine learning. I know we talked about that a bit, yep. but um, these are some of the hottest segments in healthcare right now to to be a part to be a part of. Um, you're, you know, you're riding several different trends, and I realize it's all organic. Can you step out and just talk about being in the moment of this for for a second? Just being in all these different sectors with your solutions. Yeah, so it really is all, uh, you nailed it. it. It's about putting the three of those things together in one place, uh, which is medical grade wearables and the algorithmic exception management yes. and the clinical intelligence. And and together then, especially when it comes to, uh, you know, outside of the hospital, the basis of that, what we call asynchronous monitoring. So we can monitor hundreds, thousands of patients simultaneously with these wearables and this AI. Uh, and then out of those thousand patients, here are the, the 20 that, uh, that are triggering the algorithm and deserve focused attention. And that's when you say, okay, perfect. Those are the 20 that need a telehealth visit, and let's let's interact with that patient, see what's going on, because the 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 air traffic control system is telling us that that this person's starting to have engine trouble, right? Yeah. And and you know that's when you want the control tower to check in with that plane and say, hey, we're starting to see you know some things going on that are concerning. Let's figure this out. And, you know, you could send a nurse to the house or you could say, hey, patient, we want you to go in and, and have a doctor's visit. All of this is is really the game changer that's going to help us keep people from showing up in the emergency room when when we're able to see it coming early enough to do something about it. It's all about reducing. Nobody wants to end up in the emergency room and nobody wants to end up in the hospital or the intensive care unit if we can help it. And so this is all about, you know, kind of this continuous stream of effortless data capture and then leveraging cloud intelligence and, and algorithms to help clinicians know where to, to look and, and to apply that precious healthcare resource to being able to spend more time on the people that need the attention. This also very, very dramatically levels the playing field for underserved populations. And, and, and actually, uh, the data came out very recently um, 
from the Office of the Inspector General in the federal government that that overwhelmingly during COVID, telehealth did great things for for opening access to healthcare to diverse and underserved populations. And that's what this, again, we'll, we'll put quotes on remote, but that's what this new era of patient monitoring is also gonna do in helping us balance out, you know, access to our healthcare system because of the simplicity and because of the cost, it would become inexcusable, inexcusable for anyone to not be able to get good monitoring and good care. Do you think, you know, going along those lines, do you think that we'll change the tune for telehealth as well, that it will just be that that term will become obsolete because it will be so normal or, or ingrained in our practice. Couldn't agree, with you. Yeah. Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, think about it. Do, do we talk about uh, online shopping anymore? No, it's just shopping. Yes. And do we talk about e-banking? No, it's just this is how we bank. Uh, or even e-travel. Remember, we used to talk about e-travel. No, I do <laughs> I booked my flight on my phone. Now, what, what, you know, what's E about that? And and so it's going to be healthcare, and it's going to be this is how I have a a conversation with my doctor. This is how my doctor can check on me, and and all of these are 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 this decade. We will look back at the decade of the twenties as as something that's that's absolutely remarkable in the history of medicine. Uh, and and we will. I mean, it'll be on par with, you know, immunizations and x-rays uh, over the past two centuries, uh, because this decade is the decade where we entered into truly the era of, of continuous monitoring and algorithmic exception management, AI, and we'll never look back. We'll, we'll all, you know, just like now we kind of chuckle at 20 years ago, we used to go to a travel agent to, to <laughs> the book a flight. Who would do that now? Well, you know, we'll look back and go, remember when we used to send somebody home from the hospital with no monitoring? Who would do that? And, and, and that's a scary thing too. I'm thinking about it because when you Think about this practically. You want to be able to monitor that patient because just because you send them home, that doesn't mean their symptoms or their affliction stops. You know, illness doesn't take a break. You know, illness well, happens anytime. You know? Yeah, well, I mean, I, you know, I'm a guy that used to do, you know, major cardiac and lung surgery. And, you know, you send somebody home, you know, three days or five days after cutting their chest open, it's, it's not like they're back on the tennis court. Um, you know, they need they need weeks to recover and and they all sorts of bad stuff still happens. They get pneumonias and they get wound infections and they get, uh, you know, uh, you know, clots in their in their legs and pulmonary emboli. And yet they can't stay in the hospital for three weeks. That that's unaffordable. So this 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 is really going to eliminate these artificial boundaries. And what you'll also see is 
that the time in the hospital can actually shorten. I mean, you know, the reality is the hospitals where all the sick people are. And if if you're if you're in the hospital and you're trying to get better, the last thing you want to do is get exposed to to more nasty stuff. So you want to get out of the hospital as fast as you can. And BioIntelligence and the BioButton is enabling this continuous monitoring to even start to look at, can we send somebody home sooner? Can we reduce length of stay? Well, that's very attractive to a healthcare system that that is getting crushed financially to be able to, to start to look at blurring these boundaries and and what we call hospital to home uh, type of monitoring. I want to switch gears for a little bit and talk about some of the news you've had of late. Uh, you know, BioIntelligence has been working with UC Davis Health and Houston Methodist, and there's also a collaboration with Medtronic. Um, these are, you know, this is this is pretty big. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and, and to have the company in that type of spotlight to to collaborate with with these organizations and this company. Well, thanks, Omar. I mean, you can't avoid it in the in the headlines. Our healthcare system is now in in an absolute unprecedented crisis relative to the uh, critical workforce shortage. We've experienced this in every sector of our economy since COVID, but in healthcare in particular. You know, our doctors and nurses were on the front lines of of the COVID, uh, you know, pandemic, and a lot of them are burned out now. A lot of them are just done, and they're retiring early, and they're quitting. And so we have a, a, a over a million open positions for registered nurses right now today. And nursing homes are shutting down, and hospitals are are closing beds because we don't have the staff. And even if you do have access to the staff, uh, because of the shortage, the 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 price is becoming uh, unaffordable. And so, what we're experiencing is is nearly every hospital in the country is is facing a financial crisis and a workforce shortage. Part of this, not all of it, but part of this can be solved by allowing the the use of a medical grade wearable like the bio button to be able to collect that patient monitoring data and start to automate some of that manual data capture process and uh, open the door for our healthcare professionals to to spend more time doing what they're they're trained to do, which is assess patients and take care of patients. It's sort of like you know when we think of a pharmacist and that that level of training and education. And experience as it relates to medications and and drug drug interactions and side effects and and counseling the families about taking their meds and dosages, is it really the best use of that tremendous 
healthcare professional resource to have him counting how many pills should go into a bottle. Absolutely not. That's kind of a manual process that can be easily automated. So we can use that resource for, for much better things relative to patient care. And that's what we're doing right now with the bio button. And so you're seeing examples of hospitals in droves, whether it's Houston Methodist or UC Davis and the ones that we've announced and University of Colorado, uh, and even Medtronic, who we have, as you noted, formed a remarkable strategic partnership because they're hearing it from their hospital customers, uh, the desperate need for simple continuous monitoring that can automate better data capture from patients both in the hospital and then starting to be able to send them home with better monitoring as well. And Medtronic uh, is just a delightful opportunity for us to partner and, and bring this capability uh, to scale uh, and and respond to this uh, urgent crisis uh, from almost every hospital in the United States uh, and even around the world. Uh, I think it's amazing and it's uh, a testament to, to the story of the company and to, to what you all have done. Um, but, you know, I would be amiss without asking you this question to to talk to you a little bit about your background and and the industries that you've come from. I know you've done you you know you talked about your time in surgery and you know I want to talk about your time at um Qualcomm and also Microsoft. Well, thanks. Uh, it's it's really been a wonderful journey of you know with the two decades of bedside experience taking care of patients in the operating room and the intensive care unit and then having the the honor and privilege of of translating that clinical experience into the uh, the the tech sector and the medical device and and health IT industry and along the way the time at Microsoft was 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 pioneering in in helping establish the the concept of cloud-based uh, health information and the ability to share that information uh, and be able to enable connected care. And then same with the time at Qualcomm, you know, now the, the past decade has been inspired by mobile devices and wireless communication. So it's been a tremendous curriculum uh, and uh, a lot of scars and bruises along the way that have helped inform uh, everything that 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 biointelligence has become uh, really the culmination of of these past uh, 20 years uh, in the tech industry. Where do you eventually see remote patient monitoring going? Where do you think I'm sorry, where do you see patient monitoring going and what does the space look like five to 10 years from now? Well, like we said, it's it's really a uh, a moment in the history of medicine that we'll all look back upon this decade. Uh, it it's just going to become a part of the fabric of care, yep. uh, and and it's it's uh, you know you'll start to see, for better or worse, medical legal uh, liability uh, suits where where someone uh, had a complication or 
or they died. And the question is going to be raised, well, why weren't you using uh, one of these simple wearables that are medical grade and, and could have seen these problems developing uh, before they they crashed or died. And, you know, so there'll be those forcing functions a lot. Some of this will happen uh, as a defensive measure. But I think the smart systems and the early adopters are realizing the just the the multitude of of benefits to patient care. I mean, how can you say no to a scenario where you could literally deliver dramatically better patient care. And I mean by the fact that you have data that you've never had before and be able to acquire that data at a cost point that is unheard of and then be able to create an opportunity to 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 preempt a crisis or a crash or a death. It's it's just hard to imagine, and we're not seeing uh, any any health system or institution that says, nah, that's not very appealing to us. Uh, so it's a great time. It's very exciting uh, to be a part of it. Uh, and uh, we, we're very invitational. We have a lot of partners and, and uh, health systems. We're all figuring this out together. Um, the other last thing I want to mention is, you know, in reality, much of this is less about technology. And a lot of it over the coming few years is is retraining a mindset of and 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 workflow and practice behavior among healthcare professionals because we're so used to doing things the way we've done them for the past hundred years uh, that there's a little retraining <laughs> necessary and and some letting go, right? It's just like that self-driving car. Uh, if you've ever experienced it, you know you have to develop this trust, just like the the pilots in the in the cockpit. They're holding on to that to that wheel or to that stick. And that autopilot says, hey, I've got it. You can let go. But it's going to take a little bit of time for you to, to develop that trust with these systems that are watching the data on your behalf and then letting you know, you know when you need to do something. And uh, so, uh, you know, there's, there's going to be a little bit of kicking, kicking and screaming along the way. Uh, but then there's just as many, if not more, people who who recognize this very quickly and say, wow, this is amazing. Even the ability to let a patient sleep at night, right? Because we have nurses walking around room to room in the middle of the night, waking somebody up to check a set of vital signs that end up being perfectly fine. And yet you woke this patient up and they're disoriented and, and mad at you. Now we can put a, a bio button and just collect those vital signs continuously. And someone in the, the data center is watching that data. And there's that person having a good night's sleep and healing faster and better than what we do right now, waking everybody up just to find one or two that, that might have, have a fever. 
It's a really exciting time. Well, Dr. Malt, thank you for coming on to Let's Talk MedTech. I appreciate your time here. Oh, Omar, it's a real pleasure again. Thank you for your uh, interest. That's it for this episode of Let's Talk MedTech. We went a little bit long today, so thank you for tuning in and staying with us. And I also want to once again thank our guest, Dr. Jim Malt, CEO of BioIntelligence. For more information on the company, visit BioIntelligence.com and visit us at MDDIOnline.com for all of your MedTech news. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks.